Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? If you want natural productive flow and higher levels of success without all that struggle and self-judgment, this podcast is for you. Now, let's jump in. talk about relationships and productivity and how they relate to each other because I have I've noticed that well let me let me let me say this first you know you you hear me talk all the time about how productivity is rooted in emotion okay so 100% you've also heard me talk about how entrepreneurs often have some form of childhood trauma that is leading us towards being an entrepreneur because we don't want to be under somebody else's thumb, right? Um, We don't want anybody telling us what to do or what we can earn or anything like that. And at the same time, it is that same experience of childhood trauma that often makes us want to be the person supporting others. So it's, you know, it makes us want to have that freedom, but it also makes us want to help other people who have been through what we've been through, right? Which is why we end up serving people who are very much like we have been at some former point in our lives, right? Me included, 100%. So that being the case, we tend to be the kind of people who want to save others, right? And you know where I'm going with this. (laughs) I know that, you know, so, you know, my, my first husband was a perfect example, right? Um, my first husband bipolar and we didn't know that he was bipolar. He actually still to this day does not believe that he's bipolar, has never sought any help or medication or anything for being bipolar. Um, and as he's gotten older, it's become more and more of a problem for him and he's, he's never done anything about it, but regardless, Um, the point is, is that, you know, I met him and I thought, oh, he's fun. I enjoy spending time with him and we have a good time together. And we were friends, really good friends for like a year before we ever connected on a romantic level. And, um, and then when we realized that we liked each other and it was more than just friendship that I didn't. I didn't question it. I mean, I was young. I was 18, 19 years old. I, I didn't question it at all. And so we just, you know, we fell in love and we just naturally moved from friends into more than friends. And we lived together for two years and then we got married and we didn't have kids for another five years after we got married. Um, and we'd already been together for seven at that point and had been friends for a year before that. So. Um, we had quite a bit of time together alone before we had kids. And I say that because, you know, by the time we had kids, I was certain, like, this is the person I'm going to spend my life with, you know, <laughs> and, and then I didn't, right? But it was because at that point in my life, I had not yet saved myself, okay? So what I mean by that is I had not done the work on me. I was not even at a point of understanding what work I needed to do because I didn't know that there was a problem yet. I was just had gone from being a kid and being in my parents' house to moving in with him. And then we were 
you know, we got our, our first house, we were doing things together and, um, you know, building a life together. And that just felt really real to me. And it was very real. It was a wonderful, wonderful time in my life. But looking back on it, I was trying to save him. I was trying to help him and support him because I noticed, even as we were just friends, that he would have these times where he was just really low in his emotional point. He was just, he was sad. He was depressed. He would, he would struggle, you know, to, to feel happy. And I was like, Hey, I'm here. Let's do something fun. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I would pull him out of his shell and, and things would get better and he would feel better. And I would feel like rewarded by that. Like, Hey, I I helped him and, and now we're having a great time. And isn't that awesome? Right. And then as time went on, his, his, kind of peaks and valleys became, um, longer and, uh, like he would be depressed for longer periods of time and it was harder to pull him out of, of that depression. And, um, he would start getting upset for no reason. And then he wouldn't remember it later. And there were just so many issues that we, we were having and it was always me saying, okay, here I am, here he is. How do I fix this? How do I fix it? And that's where I was always putting myself was in this place of me having to fix him. That's something that is a trauma response. When we're trying to fix other people, it's because we have been damaged ourselves often. Okay. And I'm not saying that's always the case. It was definitely the case with me. And when I did finally leave him after 13 years together, um, I started to realize that I had a lot of damage that I needed to work through. And, and I did, I did that work and I spent six years, you know, single and as a parent, and I did that work on myself. Right. And it had started before I left him, which really gave me the courage to leave him. But my productivity was like in the floor because all of my energy was being spent trying to balance out his emotional state, trying to keep him balanced. And so when he wasn't balanced, then I would jump in and say, okay, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to balance him. I'm going to get him okay. And, And then I can do my thing. I was spending so much time working on him that it was a struggle for me to keep him balanced and, and still do anything, you know? And I was failing miserably at keeping him balanced because I I couldn't fix him. He had to fix himself. Right. And then I had, while I was single, those six years, I had a string of people that I dated. Right. And I would always seem to attract these people who were suffering in some way, shape or form. And I would see them and say, oh, I want to help them. I want to help them. And I would almost feel attracted to people by my desire to help them fix their problems, right? And that didn't work out for me. (laughs) Not once. Not once did that ever work out for me. Um, And then when I had really taken that time to just say, you know what, I don't need to be dating. I just need to be like independent on my own, taking care of me, figuring me out. 
And then when I really felt like I had a good handle on that, that's when I met Joe. And what's interesting is that Joe and I are both, we both had childhood trauma, both of us. Um, We've both figured ourselves out in our own way, although took different paths to get there. And both of us had a previous marriage where we had tried to save somebody that was irretrievably broken. And I say irretrievably simply from the fact that they needed to fix themselves and refused. Okay. Because the the irretrievable part is always a, um, something that's brought on by yourself. Okay. Because you are the one who's in control of, of helping you. And if you're not willing to even seek out help, then that's, that's where I'm saying that's, what's irretrievable. It's, it's up to the person. And, you know, I always hope that these, these people from our past, that they can turn it around and that they will make better choices that they will seek the help that they could really benefit from, but they just, they haven't. And, you know, they're getting older and they still haven't. And so it just, it becomes more and more difficult. I think as time goes by for us to make choices for ourselves um, when we haven't made those choices for ourselves in the past, it becomes harder, the older we get. And so, um, when I met Joe, everything turned around and it was because I wasn't trying to save him and he wasn't trying to save me. And we weren't trying to save each other. We realized that we were two people that had done the work that had saved ourselves individually. And then we're coming together to live a better life together. And in the 11 years that Joe and I have been together, our relationship has continued to grow and expand because we're always working on ourselves. We're always working towards making ourselves a better version of each of ourselves, right? Um, Which means that I'm not spending my energy saving him he's not spending his energy saving me. And now productivity for each of us, instead of it being in the floor, is up through the roof because we have, instead of taking energy away from each other, we actually provide energy for each other because we're holding space for each other. We're allowing each other to grow independently. And that doesn't mean away from each other. It just means we grow independently and choose to be together and that together we bring out the best in each other, not the worst, the best. And this is the same case. I mean, I have talked to, I don't know, I mean, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of, of entrepreneurs in 20 years. And this isn't just clients, right? Because it's, it's, it's people that I, I talk to and then don't work with, right? Or it's people that I talk to and, and we're just like colleagues kind of thing, right? Um, but so many entrepreneurs who they, they struggle in their relationships and they have struggled in their relationships because there is this need when you come from childhood trauma to be with someone that we feel like we add value to. Okay. So I want to talk to a little bit about that because as kids, when you're going through childhood trauma, there's this feeling that you have no value, you offer no value. And so when you come across someone 
who needs you, and I'm using my air quotes if you're listening to this and not watching it on YouTube. Um, but when we when we bring when we have somebody that that feels it's like they need us, right? And so when we when we have that experience of being needed, of being valued and feeling like we offer value to another person, it makes us feel better about ourselves. But that is not the kind of work you need to be doing. The kind of work you need to be doing is adding value to yourself because of what you're doing for you, not for other people, for you, because you have to do for you first. When you do for you first, you do the work on you. That's when you're able to support and stand up for other people and help them do the work, but you're not doing the work for them. And that's why you can't save somebody else. You can support other people. You can guide them, but you can't save another person. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I had a client yesterday. Um, she was reached out to me and asked me some tech questions or something. And, and I really didn't give her any information. Um, I was just like, yeah. And she, I, she said she needed help. She started sending me pictures and she was already doing it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Yes. That's what you do. Perfect. Good job. (laughs) That was all I did. Right. And, um, she's like, thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. And I said, you know, I really didn't do anything. Um, that was all you, I just was here. And she goes, all I ask is that you stand next to me and hold my hand. (laughs) It's like done, you know, and, uh, it's pretty cool, but a lot of times that's the case, you know, it's like, we just need somebody to hold our hands and say, Hey, I've got you. It's okay. And I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to stay with you and until you get through this. Right. And that's what we need. That's what we need. And instead of getting that, we look for somebody that we can do that for. And all we're doing is taking all the effort and energy that we could be putting and investing into ourselves to make ourselves right. We take that and we offer it to somebody else because we feel like this adds value to who we are. And I'm not saying don't help people. I'm just saying, get yourself right first. Okay. And relationships are where it shows up most often. Okay. It shows up most often. And a lot of my clients, when I first start working for them, they're struggling in their relationships. And that's a big part of their productivity drain is the fact that they're in a relationship that is taking from them and not giving anything back. Okay. So in a, in a healthy relationship, there's give and take. Want to learn more about productive flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. There's days when Joe is in a horrific mood. (laughs) He's being grumpy with everybody. And I'm like, okay, see where you're at. And I try to cheer him up, you know, or help him feel better or just steer clear of him, right? Whatever he needs in that moment, like I'm, I'm there for that right? I'm there for that. And, and he does the same thing for me. And yet at the same time, and this is really important, when there's a step outside of the boundary line, we're not afraid to call each other out. 
Okay. He calls me out. I call him out and it's okay because it's a safe space. We're in a relationship. We're in a partnership. We can call each other out. <laughs> you know, like it's okay to do that. And yet so many of us, when we're in that relationship where we're, we've put ourselves as, as savior of another. Okay. We don't call them out. We're afraid to call them out. We don't have boundaries in place that tell them when they've crossed a line because we have no line. We just allow people to walk all over us, do what they want, say what they want. And we're like, we can take it. We're strong because we dealt with it our whole lives, you know? And that's, that's where the problem is. Okay. That's where the problem is. You have to realize that you with all your dreams and everything that you want to do in your life and in your business and the success that you want to have and create, how are you going to be able to do that if the partner that you have is constantly draining you, draining your energy, draining your life force from you, violating every boundary that maybe you haven't even created a line for yet, but you should. And it's just, you can't, you're putting all your energy into somebody that that's just taking, you know, and I'm not saying that that's you. I'm just saying that I see that a lot. I see that a lot. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, because we both experienced this. I mean, Joe experienced this with his, his first wife where she was the one who needed the saving. She was the one who was, who was draining him. Right. And in my case, it was, you know, my, my first husband who was doing that to me. And it was not anything. I mean, this doesn't make them bad people. Do you understand? I mean, it's, it's just like with our parents, right? We can look at our parents and say, well, I experienced childhood trauma. I experienced childhood trauma. My parents are not bad people. My parents are wonderful, loving people. I love my parents. They didn't have any bad intentions. They weren't trying to hurt me. You understand? And so it's the same thing with my first husband. He wasn't trying to hurt me. He loved me. He still loves me, honestly. Um, and, you know, I mean, there will be a part of me that always loves and cares for him. But you have to look at the person and say, are they willing to do the work on themselves? Are they willing to respect my boundaries? Are they willing to get the help that they need? Because it, it doesn't have to come from me, right? And the reason that I chose to leave my first husband was because he wasn't willing to do the work. When we went to marriage counselor, um, we went a few times to marriage counseling originally and it seemed like it was fine and it just didn't go anywhere. We weren't really getting any results from it. Um, you know, they said, well, he's, um, he, he's not taking care of himself and he's either going to do it or not. And, you know, you're kind of at a loss. And then he was like, I don't want to spend the money on it anymore. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I just didn't go, you know? And then when it got really, really bad, um, 
I wanted to go back into counseling. And so I said, Hey, let's do this. And he says, okay, well, if you want to, we'll try it and give it one more shot, you know? And when it came time to go, he refused. And so I said, well, I'm going. And that, that was me taking a stand for myself saying, even if you're not willing to go to marriage counseling, I'm going to go by myself because I need to know what I should be doing here because I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. And so I went and I had the freedom to explain to her everything I was going through without him sitting next to me. And that was really valuable. And so when I went back, he said, you know, um, how was it? And I said, it was actually really, really good. And I really liked having the opportunity to tell her how I felt without you sitting there. And I, I would love it if you took that same opportunity. And he said, okay, that was different, right? So he, he said, okay. So he went the next time and he went by himself and he expressed everything that he had been feeling. And so then we made another appointment. We went together that time. And she told him, you are textbook bipolar and you need help for this. And he said, no, I'm not. You're trying to ruin my marriage, stood up and walked out and left me there. And I remember thinking, (laughs) wow. And then she told, I said, I don't know, what do I do now? And (laughs) she explained to me what textbook bipolar meant. She explained to me, um, you know, his symptoms, his reactions, what he was doing. She explained to me how um, he would probably make me leaving him a very difficult thing to do, which he did. It took three years um, to finalize the divorce. It was very difficult. Um, and she she told me all this stuff up front. And I was grateful because I knew what I was getting myself into, right? I knew what I was getting myself into. And I did it anyway because I knew that he was not willing to change. And that was the hardest thing for me to walk away from was realizing that I couldn't fix him. I couldn't fix him. I couldn't save him. I couldn't help him. And that all the time that I had spent and the energy I had spent trying to balance out his emotions had not helped him, not once. It had helped me in the sense of if I got him to cheer up just a little bit or pulled him out of his, 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 wherever he was at in his head in that moment, it allowed me some peace of mind for the moment but it created so much stress in my body, so much anxiety that I was constantly operating in the same survival mode of fight or flight I had spent my entire childhood in. And that is just repeating the trauma cycle. That's not okay. It's not okay. All right. So I want you, you know, you you hear me say that productivity is rooted in emotion and I'm here to tell you that your relationships are a big part of that. Okay. So if you, if for whatever reason you find yourself in a relationship where you say, yes, this is me, I'm trying to save this other person and they don't want to be saved or they seem like they do, but then they don't make any changes. They don't get help. You need to to ask yourself, is that the relationship you really need to be in? And I can tell you that as difficult as it was for me to walk away from my first marriage with two kids in tow after swearing up and down that I would never put my kids through what my parents put me through, I can tell you that it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And that being a single parent was 
horrific. It was a terrible experience, especially as an, as an entrepreneur. Um, and it was coincided with a time when the real estate market, which was my entire business at the time, had tanked. And I, I literally, I, I had days where I didn't eat because I fed the kids instead. It was that bad. Okay. It was that bad. And I will say, even with all of that, it allowed me to do so much work on me, so much time that I was able to invest in myself to figure out who I was, what I needed, what support I needed. And I couldn't afford any help. I read books. I watched videos, documentaries. <laughs> I listened to CDs. I'd check stuff out from the library. You know, um, I did what I had to do to get myself up off the ground, but I helped myself up off the ground. I got myself up and I put myself into a space of feeling happy, comfortable, and confident on my own. And that was exactly when I met my husband. And Joe is every bit as strong as I am. Sometimes I think he's even stronger. And he makes me a better me. And I make him a better him. And it's an equal contribution. Equal contribution. And that has given me the ability to build and grow my business to where it is now and to where it's going. And we make plans together. We think in terms of what we want, not just what I want or what he wants. And I just never had that before. And I can't tell you the amount of energy that I've gotten from that, the amount of support that I've gotten from that, from, from that relationship. And the absolute freedom there is in experiencing a truly balanced and harmonious relationship. Okay. Now that doesn't mean we don't fight because we do. <laughs> does it doesn't, it, like I said, we call each other out. We have bad days. We have good days, just like any marriage. Right. But when it comes down to it, we we respect each other. We love each other and we support each other. And we're saving each other because we've already saved ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because sometimes we, we all need to be saved in a moment, but it's being willing to be saved by another, to be willing to save someone else, not because you have to, but because they're willing to accept it and they're willing to do something with it. Don't let your efforts be wasted on somebody who's just sucking you dry. <laughs> Don't, you know, um, do the work on you. And then you'll see that your life starts to take this positive trajectory that you just never imagined before. And so does your business. And it's really cool. So, all right. That's all I have to say today. Productivity is rooted in emotion check your relationship, <laughs> see where that's at. And, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. So, you know, send me an email. I don't know if you, uh, if you've done that before, but you can send me an email at ak at angelacristentaylor.com and, uh, be sure to hop into our, our Facebook group. 
our Facebook group is at productiveflowgroup.com. And we always have lots of stuff going on in there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, the sun is like glaring through the window now because it's like that time of day where it's like right there. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow.